Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's begin on Pei Beis Aleph, just after the two dots towards the top. Hugabra de Noflale Yavama. There was a man that became a Yavam. His brother died without children, and his widowed sister in law was Shemeris Liavam. Masa Machasio in the city of Machasio. Bo Ahua Lemisle Begita Mine. And his brother came to prevent her ability to become his wife by giving her a get. So there are two brothers that are potential Yivamin. And one brother wants to do Yivum, he wants to marry. The widow and the other brother wants to prevent that by giving her a get and they'll divorce. So the brother that wanted to marry the widow asks, What are you thinking? What's the idea here? If it's because of the property, the inheritance of the deceased brother, I'll split it with you. You want money? We'll split the money. Amalei, Mr. Fina davat mit kida avid bepumdisa rama. Pumdisa rama. I'm afraid this brother who wants to give a get to prevent yibum. And if the one brother does yibum, so then the inheritance would be given over to that brother, and the widow would share it. But basically, this brother would be cut out. That's why he wanted to give a get. He's afraid. He says, look, you're offering to split it. But this is not the first time such thing has happened. And there was a story like that mentioned earlier, and there was a trickster in Pumbadisa that reneged on what he said he would do. So I'm not comfortable just waiting on the sidelines. Amalei. The brother wanted to do Yibum, said, no problem, if you want, we can divide it now. You don't have to wait till later, after I inherit it, and then be concerned that I'll push you off. You can do it now. Let's see Rashi. This story was where the, the man in Pumadisa who deceived and said he would split the inheritance then changed his mind after he actually he got it. Pumadisa Kariluhu Rama Kidaminon de Almo Asha Ishkaich Menem Chochech Pumadisa Vaich Shani Oshpizech Plug Mehashta. Let's divide it from now. Take your portion from now. Even though now it's not actually going to become yours. Until I do Yibum. Even though the brother is encouraging the other brother to desist and not give a get, to 
prevent Yibum. He says, make a chazaka now, take hold of the property now, even though it won't actually be binding immediately. Let it be done now, and then after I acquire it through the Yibum process after Knisa, then you will get your portion in accordance with what you took from now. Amar Mar Baravashi. So Mar Baravashi said, back in the Gemara, Afalgab de Chiasa Rabdimi. Even though when Rabdimi came, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, he said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Haomer Chavero, Lechem Shal Parazu, go. When he says to his friend, go and pull forth this cow, Vlotik Nulach El Achashosh Mion. So you do the Maisa Meshicha by pulling it. Um, from from the reins or the halter, take it now, do the maisek, in the symbolic act of acquisition, but it's not going to be effective until 30 days. So after 30 days, he does acquire it. Even if at the time it was standing in a swamp. It was not Shomerlo. Rashi says, acquire after 30 days with this symbolic act of Meshich of drawing the cow towards him and even though it's standing in a domain that is not part of the property of the one who's acquiring it it's in a swamp nonetheless it works over there, in the case where the acquisition works, Rashi explains, that which is effective, and the symbolic act affects the transaction 30 days later. The reason that's true is because it was feasible, it was within his domain, to effect a transfer right now at the time of the drawing of the cow to him by pulling it. Therefore, the Meshicha, this symbolic act, could have been effective at that moment. So now that he makes it snai, a condition that it should not be effective for 30 days, after the 30 days it works. But over here it's not in his hands, Rashi. To divide it and give over to the one brother, from now, In this case, because there's no ability to affect a transaction here, the property is still held in in a in limbo state prior to dealing with the Zika, so it is not yet uh, eligible to be divvied out. So the Kenyan, the Hachzaka, is not effective because 
it can't, it's not automatically effective at a later time because at this time it cannot be effective. And it's not like the case of the cow, where at the time of the act, the symbolic act, it could have been effective. Bomine meula. Oh, one second. And that which transpired when Robin came, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, he said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, Lo Kani, that he did not acquire. So in the case of this cow, we have another teaching in the name of Rabbi Yochanan also, that the acquisition was not effective. Lo Kasha, this is not a contradiction. Depends on what was said. If he said acquire from now, so Rashi says, It will be retroactive. When the 30 days hits, then you will have owned it the entire 30-day period retroactively. Masha Enken, what's not so, is if he did not say, do not acquire from now, so then it's not effective. So it's asked of Ula, what if he did Yibum, one brother did Yibum, and then divided the assets? What is the Allah? Loss of Luklum. It is not effective. If he first divided the assets and then did Yibum, what is the Allah? Also, loss of Luklum. Either way, he cannot divide up the assets. Maske Plor Sheshes, or Sheshes Asakasha, Hashta. Now that we say, if he first did Yibum, and now the Zika has been dealt with, the brother who did Yibum, he is the one who the assets of the estate are going to be designated for. So if even then he cannot divide up the estate, so Kolsh came the other way. Is that even a Shaila? If he divided it first, and then only afterwards did Yibo. That's not a Shiloh. Shnei Maisim Havel. Two stories along these lines. Ki Asar Avin Amar Rishlokesh Ben Yibim Bechakachir Ben Yichilek Bechakachibim Losavloklem. And Rishlokesh asserted supportively that it does not make a difference what the order is, but the Yavim does not have the full ability to dispose of the assets even after Yibo. And the halacha is, it's ineffective. Whether before or after you. Take a look. In Shulchan Aruch, Ebna Ezer, Simen Kuf Samaches, Sif Gimel, Yivama Ksubasa Al Nechse Bailo, Harishan. The Ksuba of the Yivama is collected from the estate of her first husband. Therefore, the Yavam, her second husband, who's the brother of the deceased, is not permitted to sell anything from all of the assets of his brother. They're all subject to the lien of satisfying the ksuba, the debt owed to the widow, and he cannot sell them. And if he divides it up with his brothers, other brothers, whether it's before he does Yibum, whether it's after he does Yibum, it is ineffective. 
So that is like the Gemara we just saw. Says the Beis Shmuel. Even if he wants to write a ksuba for her that is eligible to be satisfied from his own private assets, she can say no. She prefers to have the ksuba be eligible for collection from the first husband's estate. Even though our sages enacted this for his benefit, that the lien of the ksuba is isolated to the assets of the deceased, and now when there's need, for selling, disposing of the assets of the brother that passed on. He's not able to say, I'm not interested in the Takana of Chazal. If he wanted to do that, he had to do it from the beginning. He had to say, I'm giving you ksuba for my own property. By not doing so, he accepted the arrangement that was put in force to his benefit. Beyond that point, he's not able to say, at this point I have no interest. comes out from this that if, in fact, the surviving brother who wants to do Yibum immediately says he wants to write out Iksuba from his own estate to make sure his brother's estate is unencumbered, so she cannot stop him. She can't say, I don't want that. I want to have the Iksuba collectible from my first husband's estate. And then, if he does so, the Yavam will be able to sell. Based on this, the ruling of Shulchan Aruch, that is basically taken straight out of our Gemara, that whether before or after Yibum, he is not able to dispose of the assets, of the estate of his brother that is qualified that's only true when he was unwilling from the beginning of the process of Yibum to write out Aksuba for the widow if he would write out Aksuba from his own assets from the widow then he is able to dispose of the estate of his brother after Yibum that is all very good and well in Tosos however the Gemara doesn't sound like that the Obda but in the story we just read, one brother wanted to prevent the other brother from doing yibum so that he could keep his hands on the estate. So he wanted to give her a get. And the brother who wanted to do yibum said, I'll give you half the estate. 
Mar says, doesn't help. Lo chilku, benim rotzelech tefksuba, anechse al nechasev, ben she'en rotzelech tefksuba. Mar didn't have this as a way out. Mar didn't say, and clearly the story was before Yibum, because hassling with a get is only relevant before Yibum. So, the Gemara didn't present this as an option. He could have said, according to Tosuf, that he's going to give her ksuba collectible from his estate and thereby free up the estate of the deceased. And then that should be an option for him to divide up, be the, even if not before, at least after evil. The Gemara doesn't have this as an etza. This is L'chair against Sosus, the Mashmos of the Gemara. You see from the Gemara, there is no differentiation. It's a takana, maybe it's for his benefit, but it sounds like there's no point at which he can get away from this takana. The, the brother would like to free up the estate that he's inheriting, to dispose of it as he likes. It sounds like too bad. The fact that he gains, that the ksuba is collectible from that estate, is, is the gain that he is given, but not full control of the estate, even if he should choose to give her ksuba from his own estate, his own assets, it would not be effective in freeing up the assets that he is inheriting from the brother who died. And don't say over there, the reason is because he's not able to sell the dain and he has not yet acquired them. The Gemara says that, that we just read that if now he does Yibum and then afterwards divides, it's ineffective. So if he divided it before Yibum, so there's no Shiloh, that's obvious. He did Yibum already and he did not write Ksuba on his own assets. That's when he can't sell. The reason for that is that the assets, the estate of the one who died, are endangered, are, are protected. He cannot dispose of them because they need to be used to satisfy the ksuba of the widow. And if he divides before Yibum, wants to divide the estate before Yibum, perhaps there is a way to make this happen. Because he can give her ksuba on his own assets that he owns from himself, nothing to do with his brother's estate. The law of Shituhu. The Lomahan, why is it so obvious in the Gemara that there's no such vehicle? The, the, the wording of Shulchan Aruch and the Rambam are not explicit. It could be that Lo Asaklum is because he didn't write the Ksuba from his assets. It could be that the Psak is like Tosos. The Bishmuel is saying we could rule like Tosos, but the Psak of the Rambam and Shulchan Aruch is just utilizing the simple reading of the Gemara that does not lend itself to the conclusion of Tosos, 
But perhaps, la if the Yavam did actually want to make sure that it would be effective, that he could divide up the estate and have full control over the estate, he could do so if he gives at the beginning, right away, the Yavama Iksuba from his own properties. Let's see, back in the Gemara. The Chalamim Omrim, Peros, and the sages said that the fruits, the growth from the property that is still attached to the ground, so crops that are still unharvested, they are his. Let's see the Mishnah for a moment. Back on payment days. Shemeras Yavam Nachasim. If a woman who is Shemeras Yavam, she's in a state of Zika after her husband died without children. So the properties that fell to her, agree that she's able to sell them and she could give them away. And it's effective. She, she has a full independence of the utility of these assets. Ma Amesa, if she dies, Ma Yasubitsubasa, Nechas Mechanas Mayotin Ima, how should her estate be disposed of should she die? Her Ksuba and the properties that come in and go out with her, see Rashi, the Ksubasa, Rashi says, is Nadunya, Shechnisalo, so the dowry that she brought into the marriage with her, Shmasan Lob Ksubasa, Kibalov Achriyosin Rashailotsiya, so th- this dowry, he accepted, the, the husband accepted the achrayats, the responsibility for them, and he's allowed to spend the dowry money. And in the properties that she brought into the marriage and leave with her, this is called it's not linked to the tzuba, he doesn't have the husband when she brings this money in. It's not like the dowry. She brings it into the marriage, and when she leaves, she takes it with her. But he does not have uh, full utility of this money. Concerning these assets, Beishamai says, This both the Ksubasa and Nechasim HaNechnasim V'yodzin Ima should be divided by the inheritors of the husband with the inheritors of the father, her father. Yishamay Omrim, Rashi says, Yivamus Pekacholetz, Kamafarish, Ma'ishna Reisha Keshikayemes, Delopligi. What's the difference from the beginning of the Mishnah? When it's, when she's alive, that there's no disagreement about her utility of these assets that he has no power over this properties why is there a disagreement in the seifa in the conclusion when she dies Yishamai says that it's divided by the inheritors of the husband Avagav dinokat 
רישא, מה יעשו בקסבוסה? תניה ושבתא. So Rashi is directing us over there to, to understand the intricacies of why there's a disagreement in these assets after her death. Vesel disagrees with Beishanai. He says, The assets are in their status of where they're being held. And the Ksuba, after she dies, is by the inheritors of the husband. And the properties, after the woman dies, the properties that she brings with her into the marriage and takes away after she leaves the marriage, those go to the inheritors of her father. If the deceased brother left over money, so that money should be used to purchase real property. And the Yavam can consume the fruits of that property. If he left over fruits that were not connected to the ground, so that those fruits should be used to purchase property, real property, and he can eat the fruits of that property. Rabbi Meir says, make an evaluation. A property, how much is it worth with fruits or without fruits? And make that assessment. And that, that the value, the differential between them, should be used to purchase property. And the Yavam will be able to derive the fructus rights from that property. The Chacham disagree. They say the properties that are still attached to the ground, the unharvested crops, they are his, meaning the text that we have in the Mishnah here, they are his, meaning the Yavams. If these are fruits that are no longer attached, already post-harvest, whoever gets there first will get them. Call them who? What does it mean to get them? If he gets them first, he can use them. If she gets there first, these fruits that are not connected to the ground, then these fruits must be used to acquire real property, and the husband, the Yavam, will have rights to derive benefits from the fruits of that property. If he marries the Yavama, she is like his wife for all matters. The only unique feature that is now a feature that continues on after the Yibum is that her Ksuba is collectible from the estate of her first husband. He should not say to his wife, Behold, your Ksuba is set on the table. Rather, all of his assets are responsible and are subject to collection for Ksuba. Not only is this true by the Yavama, this is true for a regular wife. A person should not say to his wife, Your Ksuba is there set on the table. 
Rather, all of his properties should be eligible for collection to satisfy the debt of Ksuba. If he divorces her, all she gets is the Ksuba. Meaning, if, he's, if the Yovam was Megarish, the Yavama, so all she has is the Ksuba. If he remarries her, she is like all regular women. And she only has one ksuba, not a second ksuba. Rashi. If a person divorces his wife and then remarries her, he does so with the intent to give her the original ksuba back, but not to have to pay a ksuba and be subject to a second ksuba. So the Chachamim said, So that's what we're working on over here. Amai, the Gemara says, back to Pebez Meralaf. Why should that be? The Gersa of a Gemara. Other Gersas do not have it. The Mishnah doesn't have it. All of his properties are subject to being collected to satisfy the Ksuba. So why does it say that the Peres that are attached to the to the ground, the, these fruits that have not yet been harvested, are his. Doesn't seem like they're his. Amrishlokish Tani Shalah. Rishlokish says, in fact, the correct teaching the Girsa is Shalah. They are hers. The property that has fruits still growing on it is considered Mukhobalakarka and it's real property. It is eligible to satisfy the debt of Ksuba. And it's not his, it's hers. And as we described in the Mishnah, hers means that it must be utilized for further acquisition of property to which her ksuba is, can draw from to be collected, to be satisfied. Amai. Uh, uh, next, next piece. Kamsa reiki ishto. Conclusion of the Mishnah. If the Yavam is konis the Yavama, she is like his wife. What is the significance of this halacha? What is the import that she is like his wife? Loma, this is coming to teach you. Two things that he can divorce her with a get and he can remarry her. And he divorces her with a get. Pshita, that's obvious. Now the tema. No, not so obvious. What would I have thought to say? I would have thought the Yibma, Amrachmana, the Dani woman Rishon The Torah says the Yibma, and he shall do Yibo to her, that still, even afterwards, the status of Yibum is retained. And I would have thought that if he chooses to sever this marriage, even after he was Kaunes, there should be a need for Chalitza. Rashi says, so this is a chiddush. When the Mishnah says that she is like his wife, it's telling you that there's no need for chalitza once he is konis. All she needs is a get. So that's one chiddush. Kamash Machzira shita. If he remarries her, that also is obvious. No. Top of the basement bed, 
Mao Tema, what I would I thought to say, Mitzvah the Ramrachmanale Abda that the mitzvah that fell upon him, he he is done. But now that he divorced her, if he wants to remarry her, I would say that she is prohibited to him as the prohibition of Eishas Ach comes back if he's not doing the mitzvah. Therefore, it's coming to teach you she is his wife, and just as he's allowed to be machsegushaso in the normal circumstances, so too, in this case, as long as she didn't go and marry somebody else in the middle, the Isr Eishas Ach does not come back, even if the Yivum was severed with a get after after his Kones, the Isra Eshesach is finished and he can remarry her. Behemachinami, the Gemara says it's such a good Havamina that after Yivum there's no mitzvah that he should not be allowed to remarry her. She's his sister in law, she's Isra Eshesach. And Makra, the, the derivation that this is in fact Allah, that she's permitted to him. Even after Yibum, he can remarry her after he divorced her. The Pasuk says, So, Once he has taken her, she becomes like his wife. Therefore, even if there's no mitzvah the second time around, he is permitted to remarry her. The Assets, what is dif- what is differentiated between the yavam and a regular case of, of marriage is that the ksuba of the yavama is collectible from the assets, the estate of her first husband. My time, why is this the case? What's the reasoning? This is his wife that has been given over to him from heaven. Since the Yavam has been given over this Yavama, it's a match made in heaven, so it's not his responsibility to write her Ishtar Nesuin. If, however, the first guy died broke, and there is no estate, from which she can collect the ksuba. So then she does get the ksuba from the second brother, her new husband. In order, just like the regular requirement of ksuba, that he should think twice and three times before divorcing her is going to be an expensive payment necessary to satisfy the ksuba. So that is important, even though it's ishto, nonetheless, it's got to be that he's held back from being quick to divorce her. So if the estate of the first brother is not available to satisfy the ksuba, then he does have to, the second husband, does have to provide the ksuba from his own. He shouldn't say to her, Misha said, Why does it say, and similarly, what would I have thought to say? It's over there by Yibum that he did not write for her. That which I have acquired and I will acquire. 
by regular case of marriage, where he wrote the star that that Rashi says a knight flower that I acquired already, shani also that I will acquire in the future. So I, I would have thought that by regular Ishas, where he made this written document supporting the collection of the Ksuba from what he acquired and what he will acquire, I would have thought there is Smichas Das, she's comfortable with that. And by the Yavon, where he did not write such a document, that's specifically where he's restricted. So therefore it says Vachain that it actually is the same for both. Either way, he should not limit the collection of Suba to certain assets. Girsha Ainla Ella if he divorced her, all she gets is her Ksuba. Girsha in Logishalo, if he divorced her, that is the case. If he did not divorce her, then that's not the case. Mashmalon, Trebiabo. This is in support of the teaching of Rabbi Abba. Let's see Rashi. Girsha, lo yim If he divorced her, lo girsha. Sorry, girsha in. Huda minan, ein lo ela ksuba. If he divorced her, that's where we say that she only has the ksuba. Imbo limkar, minasha yimkar. And if he comes to sell from the remainder, he may sell. Lo girsha. If he did not divorce her, lo yim if he did not divorce her, then the entire estate of the deceased brother is frozen. He's not able to sell any of it because it's all subject to satisfying the debt of the Ksuba. Kamash Malon, Rabbi Abba. This comes to teach you, like Rabbi Abba said, if he's a Yisrael as opposed to a coin, he can divorce her with a bill of divorce, and then remarry her. And if you'll say, that we should know this already from the beginning. Tiktani, as the Mishnah says, all of the assets are subject to this lien to satisfy the debt of the Ksuba. There, it's just giving good advice. Because it's also taught in the Mishnah concerning a regular wife. But from this additional Mishnah concerning the Yavama, it is coming to teach us. To teach us Specifically, if he divorced her. Dilo, if not, why would it be taught in a separate Mishnah? If it's to teach you the matter itself, that is obvious. Obviously, she only gets Iksuba. Why should you think she gets more? It's taught for the Diyuk that if he did not divorce her, then the Yavam is not empowered to sell anything from the estate. If he remarries her, she's like a regular wife, and all she has is her ksuba. So on this part of the Mishnah, the Gemara says, If he remarried her, what is it coming to teach you? It's already taught. That if he divorces her and then remarries her, he doesn't have to pay her twice ksuba. It's on condition that the first ksuba is reinstated. What would I have thought to differentiate? I would say that's by his wife. That he wrote for her a ksuba 
from his own. Alivimto, but by Yevama, de lo he never wrote for her ksuba. Is Ishto that that he that it was minashamayim. So it's he never wrote for her ksuba. I would have thought that since he never wrote her ksuba and he got the gift from heaven that the ksuba is covered by his brother's estate, I would have thought that if he divorces her and remarries her, that now it's on him. Now he's remarrying her. He's got to pay from his own another ksuba. Therefore, that the yavam is similar to a regular case where a person divorced and remarried, that the intention was not to be liable for two ksubas, but just to reinstate the prior chiv ksuba. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Originally, the requirement of ksuba was for a maiden 200 and for a widow 100. And the men were getting old to try and raised this sum. They were not getting married. Until Shimon Bachetach came and addressed this problem and said he doesn't have to actually raise the funds for the Ksuba. All of the properties that he owns are subject to satisfying the debt of Ksuba. We have a Brisa supporting this idea. Originally, the ksuba for the maiden was 200 and for a widow was 100. And the men were getting old. They would not marry women. It took too long for them to raise the funds for the ksuba. So there was an original takana to place the funds by a quasi escrow in her father's house. How does that actually deal with the problem? Meaning, where are these funds coming from? So, Tzarek Bir had that reduced the problem, but al the if it's being taken from her dowry, that's why it's being kept by her father, so that would address why this would alleviate the challenge of the groom to raise the funds for Ksuba. So, it's Vesavir, Adayin, Nonetheless, even though this reduced the burden of the groom to raise all the funds, still there was a problem that it was ready to go. And if he got angry at her, he would just say, go and take your ksuba, buy your father, we're done. Then they made a takana that the collection, the ksuba, instead of staying by her father's house, should be by her father-in-law's house, her husband's house, Rashi says, Beis Balo. Ashiros osos oso kalsa shokhesav shaltov. The rich girls who had a big suba would would weave it into baskets of silver and gold. Anios, poor girls, they also also abit shalmei would weave the suba into a small chamber pot. Badayin, kishikozalea, omela, tliksuba seich, utsi'i. And still, there was the, the problem that if the husband got angry at her, he would say, go take your ksuba and leave. 
Until Shemem Shetach came and made a takana that he, the husband would need to write that all of his properties are subject to the satisfaction of the debt of the ksuba. Let's see Rashi. The ladies did not want to get married. The ladies were afraid to get married. They said, look, this guy, he's uh, a deadbeat over here. If he dies or divorces me, I'm not going to be able to collect my golden parachute. The inheritors, they're going to hide all the assets for their inheritance, and she's going to be left holding the bag, no ksuba. The original takana that we saw was that the suba was held by her her father's house. Then it was switched to Beis Chamea, Beis Baila. why that actually is helping, meaning, why is that better? Why is that uh, less of a risk? It could be that psychologically that the the fact that it was in his house instead of in his father-in-law's house made him feel that he's giving something up more. But now that it's that it's by him, so it feels like it's costing him to divorce his wife. And nonetheless, still, because it was all ready to go, if he was angry at her, he'd just say, take it. And give it suba and leave. And be Megarish, a divorcer. Ashiros, Shiksubasam Yaba. The rich women whose ksuba was great, kalsos, baskets, kemin sal shmechazal rosha, like a type of basket to be placed on a person's head, and she would place in it her her uh, weaving tools. After the the uh, loom became filled with the woven fabrics, avid, a mimerglaim, a chamber pot. You would say, take your ksuba and go. Since it was all ready to go and prepared, so even though it was by him in the house, there was still this risk when he got angry that he'll be quick to divorce her. The final takana of Rabbi Shimon, that was that all of his properties are subject to the collection of ksuba, and he did not set aside her ksuba from any particular metalplin. So now he's going to have to deal with the ksuba and he's going to have to sell something, whatever it is, he's going to have to pay out. And it's not going to be quick for him. He's going to have to think about it. It's going to cost him and he won't be quick to divorce. And this also alleviated, as we saw prior, the problem that the groom was unable to necessarily raise the funds so quickly if all of his assets are subject to paying ksuba so everybody's happy. The groom has the ability to get married because whatever he has will become subject to the ksuba. doesn't have to raise the funds up front. The ladies are happy because the, it, everything is subject to collection. There's no risk that they're going to be left holding the bag and that it wasn't held in escrow, even if it was funds, presumably, that were coming from her side to some degree. The risk of a, a fight and... The husband divorcing her easily 
was dealt with by the Stakana of Rabbi Shimon Shetak. Not, not going to be such a quick process. He's going to think long and hard before he divorces her. For those who completed this, Eric, Hajj and Allah Ha'isha.